Welcome to Iona, a podcast delving into mystery and feminine systems, ancient, modern, and conceptual. I am Allie Kessler, currently a student and a seeker of rhythms, both cosmic and earthly. And I'm Anne-Marie Vivienne. I'm a writer, poet, theoretical naturalist, and a mystic interested in decomposition, beauty, and resonance. Hey everyone, welcome to our Pisces season, um, season two episode. And uh, before we jump into our cards, we were going to go over a little shift that we're going to make with this. It's just small, but I think it will be fun for our listeners, is we are going to throw out a theme for the next sort of between the podcast we do at the moment and the upcoming one. So like what going forward is like a theme to track so that you guys can also kind of pay attention to our themes and um, if you feel like it and you feel like the theme really um, was impactful and meaningful themes, things happened around the theme, um, be in a bit of a dialogue through it with Instagram, like send us some DMs. Um, if you want us to share, we don't have to use your name, but if you know there's something that came up with that theme that you think would be interesting to share. We definitely want to like kind of wrap you guys in a little bit more. So not only sharing the theme that we're tracking over the next month, um, but if you guys want to share your own experiences, we're happy to kind of talk about those and weave those in too, just to kind of give more perspectives. So we think that will be fun. Um, we came up with this theme a few weeks ago and we've been tracking it. Usually we just kind of like sit down and have a talk and like pull out what has been the theme. Yeah. <laughs> so we're trying to plan a little more. We still like keeping it loose because yeah. we're like based we're on... We're barely the, planning now. You know, we're trying to be based on the feminine, which is more organic and yeah. like not so, I don't know, linear. Yeah. But um, just a little bit more... Uh, focused and a way of bringing you guys in a little more too so um also even though we didn't hit the mark this time because something came up for me but we're gonna try and podcast on the full moon so right around a day or two Mm -hmm. before or after depending on our schedules just so you have some expectation of when each um each one is coming. So it's not a total surprise. Complete surprise. surprise. I mean, they've tended to be around a month apart, but this gives a little bit more consistency. We're trying to do a tiny bit of consistency. Yeah, we're still keeping it organic, but yeah. just little <laughs> anchors throughout. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. We're, <laughs> You're try- welcome. we're trying a little bit. <laughs> so... Um, the theme we have been tracking, and we'll share the new one um, about halfway through, but we're going to kind of talk about the one we have been tracking, um, has been sort of expansive releases, which might lead to sort of a deep compassion or understanding about things. And um, I think maybe we should read our cards and then kind of go yes. into 
what that uh, as we tracked that. Woo! <laughs> I hope the rest of you are alive. We're alive. <laughs> we made it. Yeah, barely. Okay. So I picked horse plus clover from um, the Knowing Deck by Seal Grove, as usual. Um, yeah, it's sort of, I feel like we never talk so much about the deck. We always say we're using it, but like, mm. it's sort of this shamanic deck where mm -hmm. she is using more of shamanic meanings of different elements and will pair them to give it even more kind of power, which is cool. I don't yeah. know if that's a great way of explaining it, but... That's, that's one way. That's one, one way to explain it, yes. Okay, so I got horse and clover. Whew, I don't even want to read it because it hit home so hard. <laughs> um, okay, so release your resistance and fear. Do not believe your stories of inadequacy. Anthropologists have suggested that there is no other animal that has been more influential on the development of human culture and society than the horse. This incredible and noble animal has built us railroads and towns, carried us further distances than we could have imagined, uh, managed on our own and allowed us to win battles over other equine poor collectives. They have carried mankind figuratively and literally for thousands of years. Horses are thus symbolic of journey and freedom and of the importance of assessing where we may be bound by unnecessary limitations born out of habit or fear, liberating the individual in the same manner they have liberated humankind to go faster, further, and more confidently than we have before. Uh, when we are feeling stuck, small, or fearful, horse reminds us to push through perceived limitations with grace and power and to focus on the goal rather than the uh, restriction or difficulties. Clover, a plant often associated with magic and history, thanks to the Irish, plays a supportive role in this journey too, serving as a protective charm to those who consciously choose to move beyond their own habits and habitual selves. Am I making choices out of fear? Where am I limiting myself? That has been, as we've tracked this theme of expansive releases, so on point. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to begin and, and what to... What to include. What to what include. Not include. <laughs> what's TMI and yeah. what's... <laughs> Appropriate. Good luck, good luck figuring this out. Um, I think an obvious one for me in terms of a big picture with my life, I think you all know, at least if you've been already listening, like I'm in school right now, went back in my early 40s to finish my bachelor's because there was a master's program I wanted to do and I just needed to finish up like an 18 month stint um, ended up being a little longer because I switched my major. <laughs> so got into that and with the major switch it, to psychology, it really kind of shook me up and like, oh wait, maybe psychology is what I want to do and not just something to get me to this other major I had wanted to do. I'm wandering, sorry. <laughs> um, and just off on the side did this creative writing because I love writing and I'd always wanted to be a novelist and 
but that's, you know, that romantic thing. And um, I hit such a fucking just brick wall with all of it, um, with what I was going to originally do and with what I had newly thought I was going to do with psychology. Just this, this brick wall of like, no, this isn't me. It's just a little bit too left-brained for who I am. I love it, but it's, as a profession, I think I, I would end up not being happy. It's just a little too left-brained for the way I function. And I didn't know quite where to go. Like, of course I want to write, but that's a very romantic notion. It's not like you can just go out and get a job as a novelist, you know? And literally the next day, as I had this breakdown of like, shit, like I'm just doing school for nothing now. Um, my creative writing teacher reached out and basically told me that I needed to stop anything else I'm doing and really pursue this and take it seriously. And I hadn't taken it seriously at all. Um, I loved it. I took it seriously in the sense of like, I enjoyed it. Um, but in terms of like taking it further with school, I had not even considered it. And all of a sudden it flooded back. Like, my creative writing teacher last semester also said that, and then my rhetoric, which I actually didn't love rhetoric writing, but my rhetorical teacher said, that, I'm like, almost every semester my writing teachers have been saying, you should do an MFA. How can I help you? Let me talk to you about the schools. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever, that's cool. I'm totally focused over here. And it was like, all of a sudden I'm like, that door has been calling to me. And I've ignored it, being like, where are my open doors? <laughs> and they were always there. So it was just this really fascinating thing. And I had drawn, drawn this card. Uh, I draw some cards for my month. And it was, the whole reading was like about authenticity. And so I was trying to focus on authenticity. And I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to be real with myself, I know this isn't like a stable direction. It's a risky one but that is my authenticity and that's what I want to do. And it's at least academically inviting me in. So ta-da. Ta so that was like the big, yeah. maybe my big moment, uh, like an expansive release of like mm. holding on to these other paths that I'd maybe latched onto out of fear of wanting more stability in my life my path of what I'm doing and I'm like that's just not my authenticity though and I need to which face that and ends up being not stable yeah in the end actually ends up being less stable because right. it has a lot of bad life outcomes in general in so much of, stress yeah and, stress and yeah. psychology of everything yeah so newly embracing Yes. this writing path and it, it's something I've always wanted to do it's always been there I've always talked about it but like I will probably take it further academically and do the it the doors are open try and do a masters and we'll see I mean we'll see if I get into a program but um, it seems to be the thing that feels right and mm -hmm. is my authenticity and then 
it was weird. I'll share just a little bit about this with this expansive releases too. So kind of releasing these paths I'd sort of been exploring maybe out of fear. They did hold intrigue, but um, I do like them. But I think, anyway, finally finding that thing where I'm like, this is definitely my authentic path. I will not go into the details of how this happened. It happened naturally. There was no, no concern here of, and I'm fine. But I ended up right after this, literally with medical anemia. I was in the hospital and had nothing to give to it. And I had this like assignment due right after to stand over to this teacher. And I'm like, I'm at this conference with her and the serious discussion. And now the next thing I'm handing in is complete garbage because I have zero in me to give. And I didn't want to explain that to her. So I'm like, oh shit, she's going to be like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that was in itself, the medical anemia, whole expansive release that was a very fascinating thing that I'm still, you know, it's going to take weeks to recover from, but it's intense. Um, it's intense. It's been intense for Ali. And don't worry. Don't like, you don't need to send me get well. I'm fine. Yes. Nothing's wrong that I know of. It was, it's done. It's yeah. Moving on. <laughs> it was all very natural. Yeah. I found out through it that I have anemia, which led to other issues. an issue with anemia. <laughs> so, so I actually, through this, found out something I needed to really know about my health. So it was yeah. good. Yeah. In the end, I think. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> so the horse, Clover, I do feel like letting go into my authenticity, which I've always resisted because I've always known it's just sort of a risky or just not a... We've been told it's romantic. It's <laughs> sort of a romantic path. Yeah. I do feel that horse, like, yeah, unleash it. And it's, I've waited maybe my whole life for someone to tell me that I'm good at something, you know, yeah. um, an authority to tell me I'm good at something. And so <laughs> it does good. feel good. And it yeah. felt like I am like, of course, like I don't have experience. I need to, you know, I have maybe an inherent talent here, but I need to turn it into a skill. But it's also I the first time you've really... Shown your yeah, it's the to first so time it's, I've really written fiction too. Yeah, so it's the first time you've even put yourself out there, and then you immediately get this yeah. amazing validation. So and it feels good. I feel like I'm, mm -hmm. and that's another the other thing that's like weird for me, and I think where I hold back with it is it's like it's fiction. Do I want to say that's what I do with my right life as write no, fictional box, stories? Yeah, you like that's box not yourself in. It's there's so not many writers. Serious. Yeah, I, well, I get that, but there's so many writers who do everything. Yeah. You know. So yeah. But I love it. I do it. get the worrying about and it being serious. I I do. You know, like I am letting go of that. Like, is it a silly profession? Because I am starting to connect on a deeper level of like why I'm drawn to it and why I'm good at it and. And there are Why I've struggled with astrology, actually, mm -hmm. is I've always wanted to make it a story, mm -hmm. but it's so hard to, like, 
turn it into narratives that people can connect to when they're really just wanting like to know things about themselves right. <laughs> which uh, yeah everyone wants that I want that yeah. um but I get to turn the way I look at astrology through archetype and myth and now I get to like let go of what I have been doing and just really diving into narrative and um I don't know, I should have looked up this quote or where, I don't even know if it's a quote, but somewhere I heard someone mentioning how, and this is where it resonates for me, is like stories are what shape our world. And I feel that so deeply. And I, mm. when I create stories, I feel like I am shaping the world in a way. Yeah. And it feels like planting a seed. So like pushing evolution too, because a lot of the things at least so far that I've been writing about are a little bit, I don't know, yeah. not quite futuristic, but pushing to think about the future. <laughs> I'm so excited. No, yeah, I had a little taste of what Ali is working on and it's, it's refreshing and exciting. So, and I think, you know, as you were talking, Ali, I was just like, you know, I think these creative fields, you know, and, and this whole thing about us not being able to, it's hard to take them seriously, quote unquote. And I just think there really is a practical way of becoming a writer. And you have these mentors who are mm -hmm. willing to help you navigate those practical steps because I think that's where we as creatives get lost in this, like, oh, it's not serious. It's we're romanticizing it it's because we are romanticizing it of like yeah. oh one day I'll be discovered and if I'm really that great of a writer I'll just kind of do, do these really nice <laughs> lovely I, I fall into this trap all the time and I'm more and more realizing like oh that you if you take this seriously and if I take myself seriously as a writer there are practical steps to make this a reality yeah and it's like they're not always the creative steps. Yeah. Which well, and the schools that my professor really wants me to apply to, you kind of move into teaching too. So I know that's not necessarily getting published. I don't know if I'm going to get in a, but if I do, it is something that. Um, at least the ones that I will be applying to if I were to get into one of them it's you basically have the option to stay on as a teacher so well and I am just cool I I'm like that idea too J.R.R. Tolkien you mm -hmm. know like a lot of writers were also professors mm -hmm. for you know now it's just harder to become a professor because of the nature of academia and it's just a really sure and I don't care about professor, but I like the idea of teaching. Yeah, I think like something teaching somewhere. is a nice supplemental, mm -hmm. you know, and I think you learn from your students. Yeah. You know, so it's a way for you. So, yeah, I think that could be a really lovely situation where it's like you're earning an income so you don't feel like you're totally just like, you know, and then it's, and then you have time and you're encouraged Yeah. to write. Yes. You know, so. And that to me, like... The thought of like that being my days of just being able to sit and write all day, I'm like, that's not, I mean, that's a dream, right? That is a dream. And then when you're teaching, all you're doing is discussing yeah. writing. You're, yeah. you're discussing what you're doing and it's a way for you to digest your own thoughts. It's yeah. like kind of the perfect. And this 
current professor I have, the way she teaches was just like, I would definitely model that. And I'm like, it's so, yeah. I mean, like, she's so great. Yeah. So anyway, I'm like, yeah, that would, like, I could teach that style of yeah. the way she's doing it. So. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Anyway, so a lot of releasing, <laughs> both physically, <laughs> mentally, emotionally, very Pisces-esque kind of letting the baggage go and releasing mm. where you actually have inspiration and magic. Yeah. Ah. I do like the magic. The magic. You've got it. Hasn't been easy. It's actually been probably the toughest month this year. <laughs> or in like the last 10 years. I don't know. It was pretty intense. It was intense. Yeah. And but here I am the other side and I gained a deep compassion and understanding from my expansive releases yeah (laughs) it's kind of fun when we get leveled to the ground you know (laughs) I feel like you've had one of these moments like was it the start of the year or the end of the year maybe it was in the fall I can't remember I feel like I've had I feel like there was a month where you were like I've had some it's been an intense I was, you know, I was actually thinking, you know, for me, like, it's this year, and, you know, I went through a divorce almost seven years ago, and, like, this year is harder than that, you know, it's like, I feel like that was the, I, I had no idea that, that was just the beginning of something, and I feel like I reached, this year was kind of like the crucible of that, so, yeah, I'm just, I feel like I've had... But I, I also feel like I've had, I have um, a different mindset too. But it's I feel like if I would have gone through what I went through this year, if I would have gone through that immediately after a divorce, I would yeah. have been crushed. Yeah. So I think it's been I've been building up my strength for this year. Just like, yeah. whoa, shit. But yeah, I've had some intense. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> Which leads into my awesome card, <laughs> which is like my most feared card in the deck. It's the ego card, and it has a picture of our most recent former president, who shall not be named. So I'm like, that's that's my card. That's Allie got the horse and the clover, and I got this chunk. <laughs> so it's it's about ego. Um, okay, so she writes, you didn't really expect to find this guy in here, did you? Surprise, a caricature of arrogance, narcissism, greed, and ignorance. There has never been a better representative for the unchecked neuroses of wounded ego, and thus never a better other. I am making an assumption, certainly, but would imagine that most of you reading this uh, would rather be placed in a category with anyone than have to relate to and find similarity with this human. I am never like this man, we might say. We have nothing in common. Ah, but you do. We all do. We are all ego-bound in small and large ways throughout life, and our task at this particular moment in human history is to make peace with and understand how our egos control us, and then practice the art of liberating ourselves from their fear-based grip and moving into an initiated and healthy experience of our ego. 
And there's no better way to do this than by investigating our reaction to being compared to someone we dislike greatly. The teaching of this other is that what you see within him and despise is also present in you. And your responsibility is not to affirm your superiority to the ignorance perceived in such a grotesque caricature, but to attend to your own inner garden and heal the egoic ways you are acting out in the world. Where is my wounded ego controlling me? So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the wounded ego really surfaced um, and expanded. Um, Expan- <laughs> expansive release. It was an expansive. Wounded ego. Yeah, the wounded ego and what I keep thinking of and just talking to Ali in a pre-talk about this was really what I came to is I have a lot of undealt trauma. Like I, There's a lot of trauma I haven't dealt with and and in a way I feel like the ego is, you know, centers on the self and I've had to expand my understanding of the trauma I'm exp- I've experienced and am experienced and it's not just my trauma this is generational trauma mm-hmm. and so it's you know I think I can get stuck in kind of blaming myself for certain things or you know it's kind of that like that other polarity of ego where it's not me thinking I'm so great but it's me thinking I'm so terrible mm. you know and like yeah. that's a form of ego and not just having a an honest understanding of myself and being yeah. honest with myself and so I've been rereading a lot of stuff on trauma and healing trauma and some of it's stuff I read before some of it's new um and I think this was, I was listening to an interview with Amy Sher, who wrote um, How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. Mm-hmm. And she has this, she has, I think she just calls it like the three promises to make to yourself. Mm-hmm. And the first one is uh, to tell the truth. Yeah. And I realize um, part of my trauma, I, I came out of it still in this people pleasing and making sure that um, I didn't express any needs and that everything was fine and everything's under control and I never get super mad and I'm always fair and understanding and a Libra yes a very very Libra and and realizing that that's not serving me or anyone to continue to pretend yeah. that I don't have wounds. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, dealing and with... And remembering, the, like, sometimes tipping the balance yeah. is more stabilizing. Than, yeah. Like, I've yeah. had to get really mad in the past yeah. few weeks in a way that I haven't ever allowed myself to get mad. And it's leftover childhood stuff, and I know it's also generational stuff. Where I'm just like, you know, I have someone in my life close to me who, you know, everyone refers to as a saint. Mm-hmm. And I've had to get mad, truly, deeply mad at the saint. You know, not necessarily in this blow up in their face sort of way, but yeah. in my own way of, I have a boundary now. Yeah. And I've needed that boundary. Ooh. 
and I do think there's a lot of like lessons we learn in Pisces season around mm-hmm. boundaries mm-hmm. and where they've been sort of yeah inappropriately invaded. Oh, I've let everyone into my yeah into my space and yeah and sure yeah come in and let me help you and yeah. I have no needs <laughs> and. Um, your needs, I will take care of them first. You know, it's the caretaker, the people pleaser. I'm sure a lot of you have this, mm-hmm. you know, it's a common one, especially for women, especially sensitive women. So mm-hmm. I'm learning to embrace and honor my sensitivity and be honest that I am sensitive and that I, I do feel big and deep and my, I feel like my number one need is to have a boundary. Is yeah. to say to be able to say you can't come in, mm-hmm. you can't ask that of me right now, and so that wounded ego, like I have to admit, like I am sensitive, and what you say, and what you do, to get what you want from me is not okay. Yeah, you know, and even if you're a saint, mm-hmm. while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. you're still crossing my boundary. Yeah. And I have needs and I have a life that I need to tend to. And there's so many yeah, ways, mechanisms, behaviors people use to get into boundaries kind of underhandedly. Mm-hmm. They may not even be conscious of well, it Well, that's the thing. Is I've always known like, oh, they're not conscious. This is you know, they've had a terrible childhood or this is their life experience and I've tried to understand and so I'm going to give them, you know, sure, yeah, what, you know, and and now I'm just like, no, it's not my job. And that's where the ego comes in where it's like somehow I subconsciously think I can fix them or help them with my kindness and my nurturing nature. And I'm like, that's my ego thinking that I have the power to help help them and it's like that's that's not honest that is not the truth the truth is only they can help themselves yeah and I am doing nobody any favors by um being dishonest myself and Mm -hmm. so yeah so I feel like that's been really releasing for me to just be angry and expansively angry yeah 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 like in, in a way that I'm, I'm just, and, and to say it, and to say it in a way that's like, I know I'm up against the saint, mm-hmm. and to just own, like, I don't care if this person is a saint, and went through a lot of trauma themselves, like, yeah. I'm pissed, and I'm going to be for well, very long not. time changing right or or in the way you know it's in the same ways that they're changing just for show to 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 keep you playing the game with them you know and I'm realizing that like oh there's been any tiny subtle change it's just to keep Mm -hmm. me in the game yeah and fuck that yeah I'm not playing this game anymore and you know Allie and I have both been you know focusing on our health and and trying to listen to our bodies more and you know I've brought up before that I have rosacea which is a skin condition on the face which is like I've just been like I feel like this rosacea emotionally and spiritually is this I have some kind of deep shame yeah. about needing oh. 
And, Christine. you know, so then I, I open up my boundaries. Yeah. And put on this show of, like, I don't need anything. And it's like, I have needs, and I'm ashamed of that. And it's like I have this perpetual blushing that's mm. happened now. Got it. Of just being embarrassed. Yeah. Of, like... Ugh, I have feelings. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. That I have feelings and needs. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I and I think that might be maybe surprising to people who maybe follow me on Instagram. I think you know, I, in some ways, I show a tender heart, but I'm like, I'm not showing an angry heart. Yeah. I'm not showing, <laughs> you know, that like, yeah. I mean, mostly that that I'm I'm super pissed, and and in some ways, you know, that briefly went. I turned it on myself and was mad at myself. Mm. I was like, which Whoa. is probably I don't know the steps of like. Yeah, I know it's healing, like, <laughs> but it's probably a step. It's part of the like... step, and it's like you know, have some compassion. But I feel like really where the release is coming is that I'm with trauma. What what happens is you know you get stuck in that trauma moment and you keep reacting as if mm-hmm. you're still in that danger moment. Yeah. And when I was a kid and growing up, it was unsafe mm-hmm. to reveal my feelings yeah. because I could have been severely punished, mm-hmm. outcast, and, and treated in certain ways that would have crushed a child. Yeah. And so it was safe for me to hide my feelings and my needs, and it, it kept, you know, I needed allies yeah. to, like, survive my childhood. And oh, so yeah. hiding my feelings got me allies, and so now working through releasing my trauma and reminding myself like I'm safe mm-hmm. so now I'm like it's safe to be mad yeah I don't need allies like I needed allies as a kid yeah. like I can get mad and I can and you're safe to do so yeah I can risk a relationship because I have so many other strong relationships mm-hmm. and now it's about saving myself and not saving someone else mm-hmm. which my childhood was about helping and saving someone else yeah. So now I'm like, okay, my release. I feel is... like I have a flip. Mm. I'm just realizing that, like, talking about the boundaries mm. of, like, a person <laughs> in my life where I maybe feel like the saint in the scenario, oh. and maybe I'm inappropriately trying to invade their boundaries to help them. Mm. It's still like trying to help yeah, the person, yes, but yes. it's, I'm coming in as the. The savior. The savior. And this person doesn't even see that they need help. Yeah. You know, like, they're completely unaware that, like, their behavior is outrageous. And I'm I'm like, okay, I need to just let this person have their journey. Like, I'm not wanted in these boundaries in the way I'm intending. They don't even know I'm in here with these intentions. Well, and you brought up a key word. I'm going to get out. <laughs> yeah, that key word, savior. I've thought yeah. of that a lot. And and you and I have talked about this, you know, the hero's journey. And yes, it has a place in our culture. But I'm also very interested in moving beyond the hero's journey. And I feel like the problem with the hero's journey is it makes us all want to feel like we're a hero. Mm-hmm. You know, and like that we can come in and save something. Mm-hmm. And to me, like the phrase I've been telling myself where I'm at right now and what I need right now it's not a hero's journey where I'm saving someone or this, you know, is I need the friend's journey. Mm-hmm. Like someone to sit with and yeah. have that compassion, which is that yeah. Pisces 
I'm just like, I just need people in my life who aren't, who don't want to save me and don't make me feel like I have to save them. Yeah. And truly just friends yeah. witnessing each other's journey and uh, being, you know, being that support rather than the savior. So, yeah. yeah. It's hard, you know, when there's someone in your life you care about and you can mm-hmm. see a way yeah. where they need help and you know you could but that's the that's the Help illusion. Them. But it is an illusion because they're on their own path. Yeah. And they're they, seeing the world through their eyes, mm-hmm. not yours. And you mm-hmm. can never mm-hmm. have them take your eyes. And yeah. And for just, me, this person in my life like really led me to believe that they were seeing what I was seeing. And yet the behavior wasn't changing. Yeah. And so it was just like, then I realized like, yeah. this is my ego. Mm-hmm. A wounded ego, a child thinking that they can change someone or yeah. some situation. And really, I, I think accepting that I am still powerless yeah. was both crushing and healing. Yeah. Like, as a child, I was powerless. And as an adult, I am powerless. Yeah. And I can only... Now I have the... As a child, I didn't know how to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, as an adult... I can learn how to care for myself and and get my needs met. Yeah. And yeah. So but and there's like, the release. Looking at that ego card, I'm like, I feel like I should have had that too. <laughs> it's like to me, me wanting to hmm, help evolve this person that is in my life for good or bad. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm trying to change, help, not, well, maybe change, I don't know, uh, elevate their behaviors Yeah. because it affects me, Yeah. not because it affects them. I don't think it affects them that much. You are so right. And that's it affects right. me, and yeah. so I want to fix it, and that's not fair. Yeah. And that's I need really... to just step back and not let certain patterns of behavior that I just can't like they're so I can't understand but it's how this person functions they function outside the normal constructs of our society which I think is dangerous to a lot of people but it works for them it scares me but I just need to kind of like be like that is their path and even if that ends in the worst possible way that I've imagined it could end, yeah. that's still their path. Yeah. And it's not my responsibility, and I don't need to hold that. Well, and to me, it's like I just realized, too, like, oh, my God, I'm spending all this energy trying to change and save someone else when I have a fucking life to live, and yeah. I'm avoiding, part of it is me <laughs> avoiding doing the work that I have to do to have the life that I will be truly satisfied with. I mean, a lot of this is me realizing like I am not satisfied with a big chunk of my life mm-hmm. and trying to help and save and, you know, and keep up this toxic relationship is preventing me from doing the positive work and putting my energy into these like real, like really healing myself, really showing myself like, yeah, what you know you are, you are. Mm-hmm. But you have to do the work. You have to show up for yourself. And so it's like, yeah, the, the ego has been like, oh, I'm going to help this person. And 
for for my sake because I you know it was like I've always wanted validation from this person and I'm never going to get it. Mm-hmm. And so why don't I just move on? Yeah. Because there's again I can validate myself first and foremost and then now I have a good handful of friends who I feel are very validating and I don't need to waste my time anymore. <laughs> Done. Whew. There's our release. release. Can you feel that? <laughs> <laughs> letting go, letting go, letting go. So yeah, what have you guys released? What have been expansive releases for you guys? Sort of mm-hmm. interesting. It'll be fun next uh, podcast to see if we get any messages about our new theme. And so yeah, we can so share please others. send something in. <laughs> <laughs> so we can share other people's. <laughs> This is always good to get like a constellation of experiences to kind of then when you start looking at your own life and things that have been happening, being like, oh, there has been this like trend or pattern and, but this is how it's played out for me, you know, but I think hearing multiple experiences helps you kind of identify your own. So agreed. So definitely, yeah, like our theme. Please share. (laughs) <laughs> hits on uh, something really pertinent. And even if you just want to share with me and Allie and, and keep it between yeah. us. like We'll keep those confidential too if you don't want them. We will keep a name anonymous. We'll share fully if you're okay with that or we'll just love to know and not share. Yeah, too, so. and just have a private conversation. So going forward into between now and our next podcast we decided that the theme we're going to track is um integrity to endings and beginnings or kind of threshold moments Mm -hmm. so we're coming to the end of the astrological year with pisces season and the start of the new astrological year with um, aries season which starts always on spring equinox and um sort of that fresh dawn of a new day feeling so it is we move from the biggest boundary holding energy to the tightest most self-centering which has a purpose we need to get centered before we can really go on our journeys (laughs) through the year so um it is always an interesting transition though to go through these big releases these huge cosmic comprehensions and understandings to all of a sudden having this like really tight sense of self again um at the same time um i always see the signs going through progressions um and tomorrow the sun will hit uh to term this to not confuse things <laughs> I should find different terminology for my progressions versus the seasons um, but we're hitting the the pressure point of the year in terms of how the signs are where they are in their 19 year progressions um, so the last half and it has to do with where the lunar nodes um, they shift signs about every 18 months and that kind of shifts where each sign is in its own kind of internal journey. So the last half of Pisces and through the first half of Aries currently is 
in the pressure zone where we're having to uphold some pressure, which gets us thinking about a new dream because we're sort of like mm -hmm. crushed and like having to show our solidity and prove our, I don't know, like our authority and things. So mm -hmm. it has a lot to do with integrity, follow through, responsibilities. And it's an interesting kind of thing to have on top of our ending and beginning point. So yeah, integrity to endings and beginnings. Yeah. So the first two weeks with Pisces, that's a little bit more I think about integrity, some possible ways it could go is like integrity to healing or integrity to compassion or um, integrity to um, just holding complexity in general. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun, yes. But it's a weird, you know, like integrity and Pisces are funny fit to me because I always think of like mist and gentleness and sensitivity and then you put pressure on top of that. And it's sort of like, is it going to turn out as like integrity to our gentleness mm. or is it going to turn out as like pressure around healing almost like what I felt in the past couple weeks of like it was really intense but I do feel like in the end like a legit purging <laughs> yeah or it could be like integrity to shadow work you know oh yeah okay and I think you know based on how Pisces works in each of our charts it could turn out in a huge spectrum of like integrity to gentleness which sounds amazing which is why I'm like please give me that one versus integrity to shadow work you know so. I feel like that those two in the past just week or two for me have both been at play mm. and maybe it's kind of leading up to you know yeah. but I, I, I feel like I've had you know this this intense healing but I've it I feel like I've only been making it through with start starting to cultivate this practice yeah. of gentleness and it's mm -hmm. like if I'm gonna do the deep shadow yeah. work like I have to also have that gentleness or I'll, I'll yeah crack like leading up to now in Pisces with what I'd call a ninth progression it's been more about almost like a darkest hour but finding our finding mm -hmm. the compass point and I'm like I feel like I, yeah I did that just now I found yeah. my compass point yeah. but now I'm having to like um, step into maybe a reality check with it, which is like, oh shoot, now I'm just like, what I just talked about. I'm like, oh, is there going to be a reality check around MFAs and my writing? And like, probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the reality of the hard work is yeah. about to come now. Well, and I feel like that's what I've been avoiding in trying to save someone else. You know, mm. it's like knowing that if I'm going to heal myself and, you know, pursue these things that I really love, like, there, I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. You know, and I've been delaying it, you know, and, and so I think that's, I think that's often why a lot of us kind of defer our dreams. And yeah. we help and fix other people because it's just so much easier <laughs> and or for me it's affecting me negatively so I want to fix that I think that I think that's it for a lot of, I think that's part of it for everyone who's trying to help and fix people yeah. I think there's always a selfish motivation yeah. you know of like 
can you, I just need this person to make my life easier. Yeah. You know, rather than doing the hard things and making boundaries and yeah. pursuing your own goals and dreams. Like yeah. that's so much harder. It is so much harder. And so, yeah, I feel like that's, I feel like I've just started to get a taste of that and now maybe it's really gonna, mm, like I'm gonna have to put it into practice yeah. and you know, like I'm on my own writing journey and yeah, you know, I've taken steps, you know, I'm starting another podcast and I did my first recording, you know, like put myself out there and did, anyways. but yeah, so it's just like, and doing that, I was just like, oh man, I've got to polish up my pitch and you know or like I just bought this like I can't believe I'm admitting this um it's like a what do you call it I can't even remember what you call it like that's a like, microphone or something no oh. like a like personal branding book oh well, yeah you know and to me I'm just like oh that's so inauthentic <laughs> you know but I did listen to this author in an interview and I thought she had the most integrity like if you're going to, you know, your personal brand being this thing of how to just be your most authentic self in the world mm. is really what it's about. And not and necessarily... And that's going to be the second yeah. part. The Aries mm. integrity part is like a personal brand. Mm. Perfect. I Identi- got the book. Yeah. Identity, <laughs> personal passion, identity, yeah. personal brand. Uh, whereas, yeah, you're center and that feels that to me is I have to get rid of my ego and be like who am I what do I have to offer this world and stop you know like wallowing in this like oh I'm just this you know writer and blah 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 and it's just never gonna happen for me and it's like no like make it happen yeah like make it happen polish up your like get articulate and it will be so helpful and empowering for me I know it's just be like to finally sit down and say this is who I am this is what I love this is what I'm good at yeah and this is what I'm gonna do yeah and just like consistently put that out there mm-hmm. and no apologies and no hedging and no <laughs> it's like this is who I am and this is what I do yeah yeah so I'm I'm going to be reading. I'm going out of town, and I'm reading that book on my travels. So <laughs> you have to give me the cliff notes. <laughs> I will give you the cliff notes. I've already like looked through it, and it's like workbooky too. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa! Like I have to like yeah. get a little left side brain on this yeah. and like organize. Like okay, yeah. Um, like I have a little time, but most of these MFAs that I'm thinking of applying to it's December-ish but I like I need to get my short stories written and my personal pitch-ish whatever I don't remember what they call it but you basically have to like yeah create your brand and your market yourself market yourself and so I I need to do a little work on that and which us purest creatives hate the word marketing Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) no but that's something that's part of my ego just like yeah. well that because you know I don't know if this will open up another can of worms but that exploring versus exploiting oh yeah and where like it's like I feel like Ali and I both have different ways we've avoided exploiting our own talents yeah you know and like I'm pathologically so there is like a polarity that has come up weeks that I discovered through a psychology study I read of this sort of like 
where do you stop exploring and start exploiting or how do those two ends maybe become like one becoming pathological like two-weighted and thinking about that I'm like I am pathologically exploratory I like refuse ever to exploit things and it's like a word you kind of have to like re uh, investigate because it does have a negative connotation but it is almost like I love Anne brought up something of like like staking a claim with your birthright like yeah you you should be able to exploit certain things and looking at the etymology it was a lot about like achievement and um, making things happen like creating something creating something. like a creation yeah and I yeah like I really I'm pathological and exploratory I really resist the exploiting and and I think that word exploit, you know, the way that we think of it in those negative ways is when you kind of, when you're, when you're using other people to do something that perhaps you could be doing on your own, or you're just, I feel like it's, again, this, what I've been talking about, what I've been doing is avoiding doing my own work, you know, yeah. like exploiting other people's, mm-hmm. you know, like talents, resources, whatever, when you have your own resources that you have not tapped into. Yeah. And so to me, I'm like trying to reclaim that exploitation as like, I can exploit my own talents and I should put them out there and I should brand them and I should, you know, I should share them and and want them to be used Mm -hmm. and want to show people and like, yeah, just announce it to the world, you know, and yeah. like exploit it. And I think, you know, Allie and I were talking about, like, we just have but a hard time doing I don't think I've ever found things. a thing that I've wanted to quite exploit True. yet. And so I think that's where I've been, like, lost in exploration. Like, yeah. But I have tiptoed probably for, because I did without any training, so it was a disaster. And I, I went back and read this and it I mean it the architecture of it is great but the writing and the (laughs) I did write like a young adult a whole novel with probably 12 or 13 years ago and I think since then maybe a year or two even before that like even I even remember as a child, like my parents would have my brother and I write stories in the back of the car because we we lived in in Germany and we would travel every weekend, and so writing short stories was like their way of keeping us busy, and we'd get prizes for writing a story. That's awesome. <laughs> but this is like going back maybe to my own trauma, maybe where I had a block with it is looking back now like I understand how this happened and no one's at fault for it but no one really saw how I internalized it yeah. and didn't spend the time to explain to me that like you know my brother's three years older than me and so clearly his stories were going to be much better than a kindergartner's <laughs> and so he has always got like they were like, Johnny, you should be a writer. And so I was always like, oh, I guess I'm not a writer. Oh, that's what we do. Yeah. And so I always kind of like put it on him. of like, well, no, Johnny's the writer in the family, but he didn't pursue that. But I always wanted to be. But I think, yeah, I think I maybe oh my had gosh. a block with that. Yeah. 
and um, so there, yeah, maybe I've tiptoed around it my whole life because like I had this early experience of like I wasn't the writer, you know. Gosh, too, yeah. So, <laughs> but a younger now the like, thing of like being in the yeah, and there's the, been a few and, things like I moved schools between seventh grade and my senior year of high school. I think I went to four or five different schools yeah, and sometimes nice. I would switch in the middle of a semester and so you would go in and have no idea yeah. what's going on and this was even like changing hemispheres sometimes so you were in a different season like it was very like my whole education from junior high through high school was incredibly erratic and unstable and I had a lot of vulnerabilities and um, insecurities around my command of language because learning English in such a choppy way and in different countries and like it just was never, I never got like a really concise, consistent education. So that was mm. also another block of like, well, I'm not great with because my language is a little Ooh. more intuitive than like technical. Ooh. So I did have a few blocks, but now like I've confronted these. Yeah. I'm still not a great technician, but I've realized with fiction writing, that's not always like the most important thing. And I've overcome them and been like, okay, yeah, like I'm still sometimes clumsy with my sentences, but uh, it works somehow. Yeah. No, I feel like that's an interesting, like, thinking of your example, personal example of just kind of just moving from Pisces into Aries season, just like this, there's almost this, I feel like any kind of healing, you know, I think we like to think that healing is this nice thing, but healing can be quite painful, mm -hmm. you know, so I feel like you know, it's healing to just even reclaim those parts of yourself of like, yeah, no, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And and by just healing, I think for a lot of us, that inner child and that, you know, around those dreams and those desires, like that has to come first, mm -hmm. that healing comes first and then boom, Aries hits and it's like, okay, focus, yeah. let's do this. And you're a beginner, you know, Aries yeah. is that, like, totally. I feel like there's that beginner's phase, mm -hmm. and that can be, you know, you really kind of have to, yeah, focus and hold yourself to it and be that pioneer, and yeah, feels like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of us come upon these things, and we often feel like, you know, you kind of have to chart your own path, and there is no mentor, and yeah. that's the beauty of it, but that's also that's the struggle And that's actually something, like, I'm seeing, even though it's been my own, maybe this is my wounded healer, my Chiron path, which mm -hmm. <laughs> is like a, you could look up that story if you want, it's sort of like where we've had an unusual path from an unusual wound, so we've had an unusual education. Like, maybe mine is language. Mm because I have spent also time with anthropological classes and studying, you know, some linguistic stuff within that. And so understanding patterns and melody and how language is built and then like even with my creative writing, starting back with old English and seeing how language has evolved and I'm like, 
it's not such a static thing to me anymore and I actually embrace that I have like a, a unique pattern mm-hmm. and I've really appreciated some some teachers especially in my uh, rhetorical writing class of saying like people who are like per se like the backseat type driver with grammar and oh yeah like it's it, the grammar police the grammar police is actually like a really negative thing because it really detracts from people being creative and expressive and feeling free yeah. to um try new things well and it's not reflective of language actually yeah. grammar is not language but I also am like studying poetry and as Anne knows, and she's been a, a, a big support in me in this is like, I do have my own pattern mm-hmm. and I like it. Mm-hmm. And it may not be like perfect in terms of grammar, but it is a language. Absolutely. And I found my own language and I had to do it my own way. And maybe if I hadn't gone through this whole kind of strange <laughs> cycle, mm-hmm. I would have just been like a technician with words and been a little stale that is not interesting it's not interesting people are not going to read that yeah like (laughs) like that there's a reason that grammar police become copy editors yeah and not writers yeah and i always have to explain to people there's a difference like i am not a copy editor i'm terrible with grammar and punctuation i do not diagram sentences yeah it's not my thing i am a writer Mm -hmm. which means it's language and imagination and yeah it's rhythm it yeah it's and that's what I definitely like I don't necessarily consider myself a poet but I love studying the musicality the lyricism Mm -hmm. of it and I definitely incorporate that in how I write there's a there's a music sort of in yeah poetic prose yeah yeah but differently, you know, like different characters have a different music to them as they should Yeah. yeah as they should and it's not always perfect grammar, and it doesn't have to be because that's that's not and that's real. the beautiful thing yeah, about fiction real. is like yeah. characters can have their own dialect and their own way mm-hmm. of speaking, and a narrator can even and mm-hmm. um, so I can get playful with that, yeah, and not be so concerned about perfection. Yeah, that's for like. I know there's there's a point probably where you that's need for, to that's for scientific papers <laughs> really. I mean you can't just have zero. And yet you can. I mean yeah. I, have, I have my brother the linguist and the way he just like will he'll just literally say a sentence of gibberish. Mm. But you know exactly what he means. Yeah. You know and it's it's so fun. Yeah. And so it's just like this grammar is super yeah what I I loved learning just this week too in my infancy development class is that when infants are doing their babbling yeah they're kind of baba gaga you know and like people think that they're trying to say their first words they're not they're testing their sounds but they're learning the music and the cadence of language before yep. they learn the words so it's more about learning the music of speaking which is how I tell people to approach poetry <clears throat> listen for the music of it before you even think yeah, about it I its love meaning. that and like that's mm-hmm. inherent in our yes and that's what I'm more attracted to is the music of it Same. than the language of it always <laughs> always the music of it yeah and that's not for everybody and that's fine 
Actually, it is for everybody. <laughs> and to say, that's why I say, like, everybody listens to music. Yes, yes. But in terms of, like, a writing style you prefer, you know, like, some people might prefer really, like, concise, clear. I think and that's... And some people the, like the more... I think that's the minority. Because I think we're wired for myth, which is a musical mm-hmm. way of approaching language. Yeah. And it's a way to remember the myths is, you know, they were oral for yeah, so long. Totally. And they are meant to be oral. And it's a music... Yeah. And that's what we're wired for. Yes. Are those stories. And so the kind of dry, precise writing, I feel like is I I don't know. I'm saying this off the cusp. Like <laughs> I feel like it's a kind of our neuroses of wanting to control things and have things certain and yeah. But there's a lot of people like that. Yeah, there yeah, and I think but I think our in our heart but of maybe hearts, it's not as natural as we want to dance. Yeah. You know, like, totally. I feel like we've got this Puritan, you know, we can get locked in this Puritan way of living, and that includes language. Yeah. When it's like, really, we just want to dance. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I don't think it's natural for humans not to want to dance. Yeah. And it's just been a complete shift for me to have teachers affirm that and not even bring up or have concern about your your grammar my grammar or anything yeah. technical and just pointing out my yeah. kind of lyricism welcome to the true world of writers <laughs> and not copy editors yeah. sorry if there's any copy editors out there <laughs> but there is a difference you yeah. know it's the mechanical versus the lyrical yeah I'm like I had no idea I wish that someone had and that's what an editor is for yeah they're there to and I copy it, I guess mm. But yeah, it would have been nice, I guess, to learn that a little earlier, although I think I maybe needed to go through. You'll be a totally different writer. Yeah. 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 So So here's to the late bloomers. The late bloomers. (laughs) Who I do remind myself there's always those awesome people who start writing in their 70s. and I love that. You know, so I'm saying I'm a late bloomer, but it's all relative. Well, it's been a... It's been a ride. It's been a ride. I'm hoping this pressure season will be less of a ride. More gentle. (laughs) That's going to be my personal motto, is integrity to my gentleness. That's mine. I've already started to feel that. I think, you know, like I am very... I have a very plasticity wiring where I'm very susceptible to my environment. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to watch these themes I give myself because I do that monthly and that expansive releases. Mm-hmm. I don't know in hindsight if I would have given that theme to the track. <laughs> Careful what you ask for. So I'm like, I, I need to pay a little more attention to these. I mean, sometimes you do need to go through these moments, but um, I especially need a, a, some ease after this month. So integrity to gentleness. <laughs> I'm so there. Actually, that's been a word I've been describing my friendships, the ones I have now, is like there's, I feel like they're all founded on gentleness, which is 
so wonderful. So I feel like, okay. I can just Integrity, like, Pisces also has a lot, if you were to think of, like, the stress cycle of a, the event, a stressful event, and then the reaction, mm-hmm. and then recovery back to baseline, and then recuperation. Like, Pisces, to me, feels like recuperation, so also, like, integrity <sighs> to recuperating. <laughs> I would like that too. <laughs> I'm in. I that's my thing. <laughs> Integrity to recuperating. And yeah. I think re- recuperating and like recovering this part of me that I've been d- detached from for for so long, which will be really healing. Yeah. And just be like, ah. Oh, and it's so funny before loss. some there were a couple other pretty massive stress events in my life on top of what I already said that I don't even want to go into it but it was funny like when I identified sort of like really dialed in to my my stress processes and responses and sort of like committed to like okay I know how to deal with it and it was like all of a sudden these stresses came on to the point of like I had no control of like being able to like I don't know recover appropriately like it was out of my hands so I'm like okay now can I practice the the (laughs) recovery part Mm -hmm. I think so absolutely now now it's time for recuperation yes practicing recovery yes absolutely (laughs) got really good at practicing the response (laughs) yeah that's Now, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, reminder, Instagram. We thought there was, like, a way to send a message on Anchor, but I don't know if they took that feature off because I can't yeah. find it yeah. anymore. Well, but, my Anchor doesn't work, um, <laughs> which yeah. sounds terrible in general. Okay. So Instagram is where we're hoping you guys will, either through our DMs or... Yeah. Last, you know, if you put a comment on our last post, I'm sure we'll see it too. Yeah. But DMs is good if you want it to be more private. Yeah. And we'd love to hear how integrity to these endings, beginnings go for you. And we'll be tracking it for ourselves too. Get ready. <laughs> All right. See you guys.